Balotelli, Aguero! What's going on everybody and welcome to the very first episode of The Sports Addict. I'm your host, Joe Flo, and I'd just like to welcome you all to this important milestone for our podcast. Uh, this will be the very first podcast that we do. We're Just a little rundown is we're pretty much going to talk about everything sports. We're going to talk, it's what I like to do, it's what I hope you like to listen to. Uh, we're just going to talk about, we're going to talk about football with soccer if you're american like i am uh nba mlb nhl pretty much any sport you could think of we're gonna talk about it we're gonna give you the lowdown we're gonna you know just get you up to date so i honestly this is this for me it's just for fun so if anyone actually listens to this then like thank you because that's amazing so welcome you know what let's just because this is the first episode like i'm not gonna i should be wasting time realistically on telling you everything i'm gonna do telling you to like and subscribe telling you to you know like whatever be cool i don't know like just pretty much trying to promote the heck out of this but i don't expect anyone to be listening to this so if you are welcome and you know let's just get right into it so for today's topic, we're going to be talking about probably the most relevant thing in sports. And no, I'm not talking Mayweather and McGregor, because that's really not a sport. That's just a show, in my opinion. It's not. There's not gonna. You're going to be watching it to see what they're going to do. You're not watching it to actually watch some two guys fight. If you're watching two guys fight, you're watching maybe Mayweather-Pacquiao. But even at that point, you're not watching that. So, realistically... What we're going to talk about is the most relevant thing in sports right now, and really the only sport that's going on besides baseball, which has been going on for months now, and that is the Premier League, or football, any type of football, European football, let's just say, and I'm going to say football, but like, it's soccer for any Americans listening, I'm American, I would say soccer, but that's just what I'm going to say, so... Uh, let's just get right into it. So for our first segment today, we're just going to, let's just have a little conversation about my opinions of the transfer window so far and just, you know, give you the lowdown on some of the new rumors, some, everything that's swirling around out there, all the, everything that, you know, just is a hot topic right now. So first off, let's start in the Premier League and let's start with probably the biggest story in the Premier League thus far. That would be Johnny Evans moving to Man City, you know, huge news, huge, you know, huge fan of the Northern Irishman from Northern Ireland, I don't know why I said that, but that's cool, great, great English, and, you know, he's gonna, I really can't even talk about this one, because it's so absurd to me, because, like, sure, this guy played for Manchester United, sure, he's not that old, he's like, what, 28, 29, 30? sure he's a good central defender he's the captain of West Brom but like realistically it's West Brom West Brom's a team that's going to be sitting between like 8th and 15th in the table they're not going to get relegated they're not going to go up they're not going to go down they're just kind of going to like sit there they have Tony Pulis their tactic is like park the bus they're going to score a few goals here or there with Chadley or Rondon or whatever you want but like that's pretty much the team they're going to beat they're boring is what I'm saying and Manchester, Manchester City, led by one of the best managers in the world, not in my opinion, but in most people's opinions, are looking at this guy to put him into a center back core that already has the likes of Vincent Company, one of the best center backs in the world, Nicholas Otamendi, who is supposedly good, he's probably better than Johnny Evans, I haven't really watched him that much, I don't watch a lot of City games, but he seems decent from what I've seen of him. And John Stones, who, yeah, isn't the greatest center back at this point in time. But looking at his age, he's early 20s, you know, a lot of potential, big money move from Everton to go to City. So, like, if you're going to want him to develop and grow, you're going to want to give him the chance. And if they're going to play that three at the back formation, which is most likely what they'll do with the likes of maybe, like, Walker and Danilo or Walker and Mendy on as wingbacks you're gonna have those three guys already in your team and I get you need squad depth but 
Johnny Evans is just going to be a bench player for me because like he like he does he supposedly he's a good mover of the ball but like for me he's just a he's just not going to fit. I don't see where they're fitting him in where Pep's fitting him to his plans. Like this just for me doesn't make any sense at all to be completely honest with you. But supposedly the move is for 22 million pounds. Oh, that's the other thing. It's 22 million pounds. Like if you're going to move for a center back that's going to sit on your bench, you're looking at someone like Gabriel from Arsenal who's moved to Valencia to be a starter there for less for 10 million pounds give or take. So you're looking at Johnny Evans, who's played for Manchester United, sure, but he's been playing for West Brom for the past few years. And you're going to look at a move for him for, what, like, 22 million pounds. That's, like, that's unheard of. If you think, like, back in, if you think of other players that have moved back in the day, like, you're looking at, like, or even now, like, you're looking at, like, like, like Wayne Rooney back in the day, I know this is a long time ago, but he moved for 33, 32 million pounds to Manchester United. And look at, he, like, he's Wayne Rooney. Like, look what he did for that club for, like, 10 million pounds more. And you're talking a West Brom center back's going to be moving to a big club for that much? Like, no way. Like, unless, unless you're giving me, like, the next, I don't know, Sergio Ramos. I'm not paying that much money for him. Like, it's just, it's just absurd in my opinion. But, like, that's enough for that because I've already spent four minutes talking on about it. And it just really, it just, it just makes me really angry that because it just doesn't make any sense. I just don't like things that don't make any sense, to be honest. Why is this stupid keyboard? Whatever. Okay. Moving on. We're now let's move on. Let's, 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 you know what? Let's stay in the Premier League because. It's the Premier League. It's the biggest league in the world. It's what I watch. It's what most of you probably watch. So, let's just stay there for now. And let's move on to someone by the name of Diego Costa. So, Diego Costa right now is in Brazil. We don't know where. We don't know what he's doing. We don't even know why he's really in Brazil. Um, but he's basically holding out to move to Atletico, who, as you probably know, has a transfer band on right now. So... They can't really make a move for him because, well, they, they're they not allowed to. So basically, Diego Costa is just going to, you know, sit sit in Brazil, you know, have drinks on the beach, you know, just live life for getting paid by Chelsea for a few months, wait for the transfer end to go up, and then they're going to most likely sell him to Atletico for £30 million, which is £20 million less than what they bought him for. So in the end, like, this is, for me, this is a pretty straightforward forward transfer because like there's no way Diego Costa is staying like it's I think that's pretty much assured all the drama between him Conte and Chelsea it's pretty much assured that he's moving on so there's no point in even like he's going to Atletico he said that everyone said that there's no point in even questioning it so really he's gonna move there everyone knows that everyone's pretty much ready for that and the biggest winners, I think, in this are Atletico because they're getting a guy in the prime of his career to link up with the likes of Griezmann, Correa. Like they're, they're getting a prime striker, probably one of the best strikers in the Premier League last year, for a discount. Like they're basically like, okay, here you go. Here's, you know what? Go here. We're gonna sell you for fifty million pounds. We're gonna take that. We're gonna invest in the likes of Griezmann and other players. And you can go and play at Chelsea in the Premier League for two, three years, and then we're gonna buy you back two years later for thirty million pounds, and we're gonna basically recoup our investment plus twenty million extra dollars that we're gonna probably go and spend on another great player. So, yeah, it's basically just a scam for Chelsea. It's like this was in the works before it even like the transfer even went through. It's like Costa was sitting in La Liga, like you know what? I want to try to win a Premier League title. Uh, I'm gonna go to Chelsea, but I'm gonna come back in a few years. And they were like, "Yeah, sure, why not? We'll take the 50 million we can get for you now, and bring you back later, probably for less if you hold out." And that's basically what's happening. Uh, moving on from that, there's some other smaller transfers in the Premier League, like Mbula for Stoke City, their record transfer going back to Monaco, Carvalho, the CDM from Sporting, going to West Ham for like 40 million pound buyout clause. I think is a good deal for West Ham maybe a little bit overpay but like in this market you can't not overpay at this point 
and then there's David De Gea to Real Madrid but honestly I'm not going to waste your time with that one because honestly every other week David De Gea is going to Real Madrid so like until he actually does it I don't think it's going to be a surprise to many people because like he's always been at Real Madrid in my mind like he's going to end up there no matter what like I think he wants to be there I think Real Madrid obviously Real Madrid wants him and it's going to happen it's just a matter of it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when basically I think he'll stay at United for a few more years but Personally, I think he's gone after that. Then we got another uh, sh kind of a shock one, which is Mustafi, the Arsenal center back, who, by the way, if you don't know, I'm kind of a little bit of an Arsenal fan. Just a little bit, so it's kind of frustrating. No big deal. But honestly, I don't see this move even happening. I don't know why it's even being talked about. A lone move for Mustafi, like he's our best center back, or one of our best starting center backs. We just brought him in last year. Like, it makes no sense. Like, why would this even think about happening so yeah I think that one's that one's just like that's fake news if that's what you want to call it and then we got Coutinho to Barcelona this one obviously I think will probably happen Coutinho said he has a transfer request this is a big deal most people have probably already talked about it you guys probably already know supposedly it's like Barcelona's willing to offer 140 million pounds which if I was Liverpool I would accept that right now on the spot but I'm just gonna give you my opinions for this I'm not even a Liverpool fan nothing but I think they should sell Coutinho because like I'm looking at Coutinho and for me personally like Coutinho he's a great player like there's there's no getting around how good of a player Coutinho is like he's a great central midfielder left midfielder whatever you want to call him he controls the game he can score banging lawn shots like there's like no one's business like he's torn Arsenal apart more than enough in my career so that's basically that might be a little bit biased why I want him out of the league but honestly other than that he's been like he's been good in the Premier League but like I'm looking at Coutinho, and yes, he's 24-25, he's about the same age as Neymar, but if I'm looking at someone, if they're trying to replace Neymar, I'm not looking at Coutinho and being like, that guy can step into a Barcelona shirt and produce the same way Neymar produced, and I'm not saying Neymar produced that well, like, you look at Neymar's numbers at Barcelona over the past few years, like, last year he got, like, 13 goals, 11 assists, the year before that... He got 24 goals, 12 assists, like the year before that, 22 goals, 7 assists, like these are big numbers obviously, but he was in the shadow of Messi and Suarez, like he's like, or well not maybe Suarez, but Suarez does get a lot of goals, so he was taking away from Neymar in that sense, but overall like Coutinho, if I like just pulling up his numbers, like Coutinho just worked. Give me a second, let me pull up his numbers. Coutinho numbers. Last year, he got 13 goals and 7 assists. So looking at Neymar, Neymar got 13 goals, 11 assists. So you're thinking, okay, yeah, Neymar's playing in a probably what most would consider a worse league than him, and he's getting the same. He's basically contributing the same amount, and in less games than Neymar played. Like, okay, yeah, but then you look at years before that. You look at 2015, 2016, eight goals, five assists. Okay, he's still developing. You look at 2014, 2015, five goals, five assists. 2013-2014, 5 goals, 7 assists. You go all the way back to, like, his first year at Liverpool, 3 goals, 5 assists. So, like, you see the slow progression of him. You see how he's slowly getting better at Coutinho. You look at his offensive stats. You see how he, he makes, like, a, last year he made around 2.1 key passes a game, 2.3 dribbles, compared to Neymar, who last year made about 3 key passes a game and 5.6 dribbles. So, you're looking at that and you're thinking, well, like, Sure, he's Neymar, he's a little bit better than Coutinho, but Coutinho's not that far off, right? But for me, I just look at Coutinho and I see, like, there's a lot of years where he just isn't playing as many games as Neymar is just because of injuries. So, like, first off, he has a history of injuries, like, not a huge history of injuries, not like Jack Wilshire or anything, but he's definitely been injured before, he definitely has that issue. So, why are you gonna, so, like, you're taking a risk in that sense, but I think he will be a good player. 
and you also look at him and you're looking at Neymar who's going for 220 million to PSG and you're going to splash 140 million on Coutinho from Liverpool that's more than half of what you got paid for Neymar on Coutinho like I'm not saying Coutinho is bad or anything but it's just like it's comparing apples to oranges it's like taking someone like you can't replace someone like Neymar like unless they're going to go out and buy Ronaldo you're not going to replace someone of Neymar's skill and to be paying that much to try to replace someone of Neymar's skill the only person I think who also is being linked to them that should be valued at that much is probably Ousmane Dembele from Dortmund and personally like I don't even think he should be worth that much but just because of his age and his like ability like if I'm looking in European football at a straight swap for the ability Neymar has and like the just like the general mold that Neymar plays I'm not looking at Coutinho like Neymar's not someone who's going to take long shots Neymar's not someone that's going to pass I'm looking at someone like Dembele. Dembele is someone that's going to go in. He's going to take. He's going to take someone on. He's going to get a lot of maybe probably as many assists as he has goals. He's going to be influential in that attack. He's going to. He's going to. He's going to dribble. He's going to control the ball. He's going to get in people's faces. He's going to make people uncomfortable. He's got. He can shoot on both feet. He can do every skill move in the book. Like he's. He's that type of player. I don't think he's on the level of Neymar. Do I think he can get to the level of Neymar? Yeah, I do. I think he can. That's why I think he would be the great best replacement for Neymar. Do I think he's there yet? No. But do I think if you put him in a team with Suarez and Messi, is he going to produce just as much as Neymar? Yeah, I think he's going to produce just as much as Neymar because the thing is, is Neymar's numbers at Barcelona were not crazy numbers, and that's because there was Messi and Suarez there. So if Messi and Suarez are still going to be there, you just need someone that's going to be comparable to Neymar. And I think people like Coutinho and Dembele could be comparable to Neymar. But you look at Dembele, who's younger, more fits the mold of Neymar more can probably be put right into that mold right now and help really help a Barcelona squad that's struggling after losing him then like yeah I think that he's your perfect fit and also I think you would pay like 140 million for Dembele because you are going to get 140 million out of him like he is going to be that type of player like everyone knows it whereas Coutinho like he's still for me I think he's still like I don't think he's fully proven himself and if I'm, I'm going to pay 140 million for Coutinho like I don't see Coutinho being a replacement for Neymar I see them looking at Coutinho and thinking of a replacement for Iniesta but I don't think Coutinho is even the same type of player as Iniesta I don't think that's a even a like for like swap I think Coutinho like I think they need someone that is going to replace Iniesta because yes he's on the downward slide yes he isn't as good as he used to be yes like everything like that but I don't see Coutinho being a replacement and if I'm looking at someone like I'm looking at someone like Marco Asensio who's like unreal right now he's the next Iniesta Isco's the next Iniesta like those are like people that you want on your team the guys who can spray houses Coutinho's like a mixture between Iniesta and Neymar and like you think like wow that's good but like I don't see that fitting into a Barcelona squad right now I think you need right now you have Suarez and Me Neymar Suarez and Messi but like maybe don't look at attacking sense maybe obviously they sound signed Paulinho which I'm not even going to talk about because that's just crazy but like looking in an attacking sense you're not gonna want to sign I don't think you need to sign another attacker personally I think right now because mess both Messi and Suarez are getting older in their 30s whatever I think they still have three four five good years left that they can push for Champions Leagues whatever La Liga's they can fight with Real Madrid but I think what you have to do is right now they've been playing like a wide formation they've been playing like Neymar on one side Messi on the other side Suarez in the middle and then they got like their three central midfielders of Busquets, Rakitic, and Iesta and then obviously they're back four like a 4-3-3 for right now with them getting older Messi and Suarez obviously the like it's just a fact of life that as you get older your legs are gonna go like you're not gonna be as fast as you used to be like unless you're a freak of nature but you're not gonna be as fast as you used to be so I think that they should pro slowly shift into a more narrow formation like a 4-1-2-1-2 or like a 4-3-1-2 or something like that where you can have like maybe Suarez and Messi up front or maybe even like a F Suarez up front with Messi as like a more of a number 10 role and maybe go and look at someone maybe not like Zambelli but maybe go and look at someone like uh I don't even know who like I couldn't even give an example but like that 
central midfield player, that player that's going to break up the game. Because I look at Rakitic, Rakitic is not a is not a Iniesta, he's not a Asensio, he's not an Isco, he's not someone that's going to change the game. He's a good central midfielder, but he's not going to do that. I look at Sergio Busquets, and Busquets like is not a player that's going to get up in the play and going to make key passes in areas, take on dribbles. He's not going to do that. He's going to be a guy that sits back in defense. He's going to play that more Conte-like role, which is what you need. I think that's good. But right now they need someone who's Iniesta, but like 10, 13 years younger. And they just need to like slot him into that role. So yes, I do think that they should probably buy one of Dembele or Coutinho, but maybe not for the purposes of actually like, like they will improve the team, but not just for the purposes of like replacing Neymar, but more for the purposes of like solidifying that team and maybe like solidifying the fact that they still are want to push for titles and want to push for more trophies and like basically I think they need to make a big money sign like that not because they generally need to or not because they should but because they need to show the fans that they they are they're going to be able to spend the money to keep up Real Madrid with Real Madrid they're not just going to be like well you know we still have Messi so obviously we're just going to we're going to be just as good as Real Madrid because well he's Messi and we are like we have Suarez and we still have the same team we had 10 years ago that won us all the trophies but like you can't have the same team for 10 years it just doesn't work like that like people get old and that's what I think they're having to deal with right now and I just like I like the Coutinho idea but I just like if if you were telling me you could get Coutinho for the same price you got Pugba I Manchester United got Pogba I would be like yeah 100% go for it good deal in the market we have today but like when you're looking at Coutinho as like more than half of the worth Neymar's worth I just don't think he's worth that he hasn't played really at the highest level he hasn't played like Liverpool hasn't been in the Champions League that much with Coutinho even when they were they didn't get very far like Liverpool hasn't won a Premier League with him Liverpool like hasn't really challenged for much like they've kind of just been like a a rebuilding team and like I don't think Coutinho has really proven himself enough to be warrant the price tag that he has and that's all that's pretty much what I think I don't think Dembele's proven himself enough but I think Dembele will be able to prove himself because he has more of that like he has that younger side. Like I think when people look at Dembele, they see a young Neymar. But when I think people, when I look at Coutinho, at least, I see a comparable Iniesta, but not as good, but has potential to be like that. So like, I would take the risk on him if you're paying under 100 million pounds. But if you're paying half 140 million pounds, I just don't see that it's worth it for that team. But I think they're personally in my opinion I think this is pretty much a done deal just because like I said they have to appease the fans they have to show them something and I think if they do this deal they show that I just don't think it know if it's putting the football club in the best direction because right now they're looking right now these deals look to me like patchwork like they're like okay who's our best alternative to Messi okay Coutinho not Messi Neymar okay Coutinho's our best alternative or who's our best who else is a good alternative? Okay, Dembele. You know what? Let's just go buy the two with the money we got for Neymar, slot him into the thing, and basically hope they can play the same role that Neymar did and everything's better. Like, basically just a patchwork. But I think, realistically, they need to be going out. They need to be looking at different players. They need to be looking to not just look for a replacement for Neymar, not just look to patch the hole that he left, but I think they need to be looking at a way to rework their squad. Like, everyone on that team is getting older, and I think they're finding that now, but I think they need to be able to, like, go out there and use that $220 to not buy one or two players, but to buy, like, three or four good players, not superstars, but players that are going to come into that team and just give that squad a little bit of depth and a little bit of, like, more punch that, like, is going to make the transition a little bit easier because Barcelona is always going to have money like that's not an issue but like if you go out and buy players that are going to give Iniesta a little rest that are going to give I think you're going to be able to squeeze the best out of the players you have now and also you're going to be able to get the players in there to transition into the new team because like no one ever said Busquets was the best player in the world so why not go out and like he's getting older so why not go out there and buy someone like old Carvalho like West Ham's targeting who's a good central young defensive defensive midfield who could probably do the same job as Busquets and have him just in the team to be able to you know like just like be a part of the team to be able to 
give that backup to Busquets, be able to be there when Busquets is on his downward slide because you can't just always like have a team and be like this team's going to be great forever and when someone le leaves you can be like oh well now we just have to replace that player and this team's still going to be great you have to be thinking for the future and I think that's what teams like Real Madrid and even like Bayern Munich and Juventus are doing but I don't think they that Barcelona is doing that and I think that's what they need to do they've been resting on their loyals of having Messi for 20 years and now they need now that they realize that Messi's not enough they're scrambling and I don't think that's really the best thing for them and obviously this is a huge deal so next podcast podcast later episode 2-3 if we talk about soccer if we talk about football I'm going to probably bring this back up again but that's just my general opinion to begin with on this topic and so that's pretty much oh now I'm gonna now we're, I think I think that's pretty that's pretty much it for the transfer rumors I have sorry about that drop the microphone no big deal uh but you know yeah that's pretty much all I got for the transfer rumors right now because really like you can I could talk to you for days about Coutinho I could talk to you for days about any of the Barca deals that are going on, but like you don't want to hear that. And realistically, who wants to hear any more about Johnny Evans going to Man City? Like no one. So let's move on to the done deals or the transfers that have already been completed. Obviously, we talked about enough about Neymar. Personally, I think that's ridiculous because I don't think I don't think Neymar at PSG is ever going to be comparable to Ronaldo. I just like that too. You can compare Neymar to, and I just don't think Neymar's ever going to be as good as Ronaldo because like. Sure, you can go to PSG, but if you look at Liga, Liga is probably one of the weakest leagues in Europe. That is the top five league, and like Neymar's going to tear it up there no matter what. But is he really proving anything? Like he's not playing the best, so is he really proving anything? And that's why I think like this move was more just to get out of Messi and Suarez's shadow rather than to actually like show his ability. Because obviously he's going to show his ability, but he rather than like for competition he just was like first person that could pay my the money to get me out of here get me out of here I think that was why the move was made but I think definitely like two three years he's going to move again just you're probably going to see him somewhere like Manchester United maybe Manchester City maybe even back in Spain with like Barcelona again or Real Madrid someone but you're going to see him move again because there's no way he's going to stay at PSG in a league that is not as intense as La Liga or the Premier League and people are going to compare him to Ronaldo because like if you look at that I don't think he can win a Ballon d'Or with the way he plays in that league because I just think everyone thinks of it as a lesser league I think of it as lesser league I don't think he can prove himself enough there and I just think he's going to move again and then we have the likes of well, the other talk I'm going to talk about is obviously the lack of that move to Arsenal I'm going to say about that is I think that's a great move I think he's a great striker I think honestly pound for pound I think Mbappe's had one season that he's been good, whereas Lacazette has proved to, to be a great striker in Ligue 1 for two, three, four seasons now. And so if you're getting a type of player that's proved that for two, three, four seasons and is coming for 50 million pounds, and Mbappe, who's basically coming, probably going to go somewhere for 100 plus million pounds, and he's only at one good season, I think that says a whole bunch of how good Lacazette is or how good of a transfer that is to me because he's consistently proved himself whereas Mbappe is kind of a risk in my opinion and then obviously Wayne Rooney going back to Everton I think that's on a free I think that's a great deal I think Wayne Rooney's still one of the best players in the world in my opinion I think he's probably the best English player to ever play the game maybe probably the best Premier League player to ever play the game probably the best Manchester United player to ever play the game and just personally I'm a huge Wayne Rooney fan but I think I don't think like obviously he's declined in skill he's declined in all the things you need but I think he what he offers you is so much more like he's he's a leader he knows how to win and with his with all the new signings the youngsters around him and I think he's just gonna have that so far in the season he's already scored two goals in two games I think he's just gonna he's obviously gonna get playing time and I think he's just gonna get that drive again that he had when he was in his prime and I think that's going to push him I think he can, can easily have another 10 50 maybe even 20 goal season this year with Everton and 
lead them to the promised land. Well, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to definitely do well. And I think that was an absolutely magnificent free signing. Like, I would have loved Arsenal to get him, but obviously that would never happen. And that's basically my opinion on all the major transfers and done deals that I at least want to talk about because there's a billion other ones that like really no one cares about or at least not that no one cares about but I don't care about so why am I going to talk about something that I don't care about like that just doesn't make sense to me so moving on let's talk about I know it's already two weeks in the season but this is obviously the first podcast and it's only two weeks in the season so anything can happen but and I want to talk about it so let's talk about my Premier League predictions for this upcoming 2017-2018 season. So, I've made all 20 predictions. I've probably gotten about two right, and I don't expect to get any of the, probably any of the bottom half correct. I just kind of put all the teams in there because I don't really know how they perform, but you know what this is my opinion if you have any opinion I'll leave it in a comment you know just whatever if you want to get any closer we do have a email us at the sports addict official at gmail.com or tweet us at the official sports addict um, and so let's just start from the bottom so started from the bottom now here uh, okay so let's start with number 20 and if you're wondering, that's my own voiceovers because I do not want to put music in here because, you know, copyright and stuff. I'm not about that life. So starting at number 20, I put Swansea City. And now, personally, this opinion just is all because they pretty much lost every player uh, that they had. Like, I think Laurenti's a good player, but obviously he's older. He's aging. And without the service that someone like Sigurdsson can give him, I don't think he's going to produce as well as he did last year. And he even might go to Chelsea, so you never know. Um, so, I think that's a big issue. I also think that they really just they haven't made any signings, really. Like, they, they sold... I think it was a good deal to sell Sigurdsson. Like, he gave you enough good time there. Like, he wasn't didn't want to stay, and you got over $50 million for him. So, I think that's a great deal. But in their situation, but he's your best player. He's pretty much the reason you stayed in the Premier League last year. And without him, I just don't see them having enough oomph to be able to carry on. And they've already, in my opinion, they've already lost. No, they tied their first game, but they lost 4 nothing to Manchester United. Not that West Ham lost 4 nothing to Manchester United, but they just didn't look like they ever really had a chance in that game. So I, I just personally think they're going to get relegated. I don't know if they're going to come 20th, but I think they're going to get relegated. And then my two other relegation spots, I have Huddersfield at 19th and Burnley at 18th. So Huddersfield right now has won two games, so I think that could be kind of a major mistake in my opinion. And my bracket, I don't know, but... Honestly, I just think, like, Huddersfield's starting off strong. They're happy to be in the Premier League. They're, like, they're just, they're kind of on a high of making it here. They're buzzing about it, and I think those two wins were great wins. But when you look at the teams they were playing, they were playing, who were they playing the first game? I don't know who they're playing the first game, but I know they were playing, who were they playing the first game? Oh, they were playing Crystal Palace the first game. So they were playing Crystal Palace the first game, who are notoriously slow starters, obviously. Most people know that. Tony Pulis was their coach. No one likes Tony Pulis. Um, they have a new coach, so obviously that's going to make them slow starters. They have a good team, but like when you take what happens with Crystal Palace, and like they have a very shoddy defense at times. They have okay goalkeeping, but they, they've got really good attackers. But when you have a new coach who's implementing a new system and a new team, the first game of the season is never usually going to be good. Like, even if you can, even if you have Real Madrid, I don't think the first game of the season is going to be a cakewalk for any team like that. So, Huddersfield was ready for the season. They were buzzing. They just got a perfect opponent to start off their year. So, like, I think you can count that one, like, as a mismatch. And then the second game, they're playing Newcastle, who's also a newly promoted team. Just back in the Premier League, obviously, they were better than them last year in the thing, but like anything, it's a Newcastle's a newly promoted team. So like honestly out of that game, that game, anyone can win it. It's not like it's a it's not like they're coming up and they're beating Tottenham 
one nothing and it's a shock win and uh, everyone's going crazy it's like two newly promoted teams that's pretty much a battle for relegation so I think these six points are good for them but I think it's just kind of like I don't think they're going to be able to sustain I think they will get relegated and then I have Burnley and I don't really watch a lot of Burnley and I know they've lost no they beat Chelsea which is a great result but honestly like they've lost they're They've lost Andre Gary, who was probably their best striker. They lost Michael Keane, their best defender. And really, like, I can... this They're probably the only team I can see that may not get relegated. They may come just out of the relegation zone. But that's only if Tom Heaton's able to, like, save them or win them games, basically. Because other than that, they just don't really have much on the table. They haven't really brought many people in. Like, I just don't think they're really the greatest side in the Premier League, but I don't think they're the worst side, but, like, I do believe that they're probably going to get relegated. And then, in, in the middle of the table is where pretty much I have no idea what I'm talking about, so don't believe anything I'm saying. This is just what I think from what I know from my zero knowledge I have on these teams. And so, in 17th, I have Brighton. I've never really seen Brighton play. Uh, no, they had a great season last year in the championship. Mm, know a few of their players from FIFA, but like other than that, I just don't think they're going to get relegated just because I think they have a good, I, from what I've heard about them, I, they're supposed to they have a very good structure. They've signed a new goalie who's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, they have a few new signings. They look like they're ready to play in the Premier League. I don't think they're going to set the Premier League alight, but I don't think... I think they're a little bit better from what I've heard than Burnley, Huddersfield, and Swansea. I put in the bottom three, so that's why I'm putting them at 17th. But I don't think they're going to make a Leicester comeback and win the league. And 16th, I'll put Bournemouth. Now, this one, I think Bournemouth could finish a lot higher because I think they've got a great coach. They've obviously got some really good players and Jermaine Defoe, Andy King, those, those, those lot. But I just think Bournemouth, like, they've been riding their luck for the past few years. And honestly, like, Every team I put ahead of Bournemouth, I think it's just that little bit better than Bournemouth. So I'm not saying that they can't maybe stretch to like a 10th place, 11th place, 12th place finish. But I don't think they're... I think if the other teams play how they should play, I think Bournemouth will probably be in a dogfight for that relegation spot. I don't think they'll get relegated at all, but I think they'll be close to the relegation zone. Then 15th, I have Newcastle. And honestly, Newcastle, newly promoted team. I think they're going to stay up just because they have a good coach in Rafa Benitez. They have some good players. I think Dwight Gale's good. I think Matt Ritchie's good. I think they've proven that they're good, especially in the championship. And I don't really have much to say on them other than that they're, I just think they're better than all the teams I put below them at this point in time. I think they're going to be in a relegation fight, but I don't think they will get relegated. I think they just have enough to stay up. Although I think they should spend a little bit more money in the transfer window and you know make some changes because I think they really need it. Then in who's next? Fourteenth, fourteenth. I in fourteenth. I put who did I put? Okay, here it is. I put West Brom in fourteenth. So obviously, as you can tell, I'm not making these up on the spot. I've written these down, but I wrote these down a little while ago. It was late. I didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of just did it based on the team name mostly and the little knowledge I know of it I didn't scout anything so these are very inaccurate ratings I would say but so West Brom I have in 14th and uh, West Brom they're not going to go down I think everyone knows that they're a solid team they're Tony Pula's side so they're not even going to fight with the relegation zone but I just don't think they have enough in the attack sense to be able to fight and push that 8th or ninth place finish they got last year but I don't think they're bad enough that they're going to even be close to relegation so, so for me they're just kind of a mid table in 13th I have Southampton now this between like 9th and 13th is kind of like really shaky for me teams like it could any of the teams can finish anywhere but I put Southampton in first place like I think Charlie Austin's a great player I think Abby Dini's a great player I think a lot of the players they have are great but I just think honestly for me that they're probably going to lose Van Dyke. They got a new coach again like Crystal Palace. And I just don't know if they, they've been playing well the past few years. And they're obviously not going to get relegated. But I just don't know if they have enough to be able to push that top 10 finish again like they usually do. I just think that 
I think losing Van Dyke is going to be a huge issue, and I think because of that, their defense is going to suffer greatly, which is usually what they're known for is good defense, and I think that for that reason, they're going to fall a little bit down the table, but I don't think any Southampton fan would be super upset about them finishing 13th as long as they're still in the Premier League next year. In 12th, they have Stoke. Obviously, they just beat Arsenal. I put Stoke in 12th. I think, honestly, right now looking at it, I think they could finish more like 9th, but I put them in 12th just because I really like their signings. A big fan of Shakiri, big fan of Hesse, big fan of Barahino when he was at West Brom, but like obviously he's kind of gone downhill now. But I'm just a big fan of like their entire approach to this transfer window. Like they look like they want to win, and I think that's why I put them mid table because I don't really know where to put them, but I think they could push like a ninth place. But I put them at 12th. Then in 11th, I have West Ham. Now, most people think, most people that I think think West Ham's probably going to be a top-of-the-table team, and I think they could be a top-of-the-table team. But looking at them now, they've had a really bad start. Uh, sure, they've signed Chicharito. They've made some great signings. But personally for me, I just don't think Slavin Bilic is really a great coach, and I honestly think he's probably going to be let go before the season's over. And they're probably going to have a really slow start to begin with, and getting a new coach is going to give them some energy, but I think that because they're going to have such a slow start and because they are going to be going through a lot of change, I just don't think they're going to be able to push that top 10 finish or that Europa League spot, so I think they're going to finish like just 11th. Obviously, they're not going to be in relegation, but I just don't think they have it this year. In 10th, I put Watford. I mainly put Watford in this because Marco Silver, their coach, is an amazing manager. He proved that last year. And I just think they've probably made some of the best signings in the league with the likes of Andre Gray and Shabala from Chelsea. Like, I just think they're all around solid team. And that's why I think they're bang in the middle of the table. In ninth, I put Crystal Palace, who aren't off to a great start with two losses. But honestly, for me, this is just all about. This is, like, not about their defense, not about anything, but I think if they can get together, I think Zaha and Benteke are probably our two-pronged attack that can rival any of those in the league, and I think if you want to win this league, you've got to score goals, and I think those two can do it, and that's why I put them in the top ten. At eighth, I put Leicester. Obviously, Leicester has some great players. They still have Mars, they have Vardy, they won the league two years ago. I don't think they're going to win the league again, but from the start of the season they look like a revitalized team a team that won the league two years ago and I think they could even finish higher than eighth but I think eighth is where they're going to be because I think they're just better than all the other teams I listed but I don't think they're good enough to crack the top seven in seventh which is going to be a controversial one honestly my top entire top seven is probably going to be a little bit controversial but in seventh I put Liverpool and that's just because Liverpool honestly They've signed Salah, they might sign Van Dyke, but they're going to lose Coutinho, who's by far and away their best player. They don't really have an out-and-out striker, unless Sturridge can stay healthy, which is highly unlikely. Mo Salah's never proven himself in the Premier League yet. He might, he might not. Sadio Mane's a great player. Firmino, I'm on the fence on. He's caught and cold, but honestly, other than that, like their defense is like so it's just it's awful it's just it's just plain awful like they're they leak goals like crazy Mignolet has no hands Jurgen Klopp's a great coach but just you can't outscore teams in this league and I think that just the teams ahead of them have improved so much from last year that Liverpool's not going to be able to go into a place like Manchester United or Arsenal and be able to score five six goals and beat them five to four five to three I think they're not they're going to be able to maybe score a few goals but I don't think they're going to be able to score that many and because of their shaky defense I think they're going to lose a lot more games than they win against their rivals or like the top six teams and that's why I think they're going to be in seventh and sixth this is probably another controversial one and that's Tottenham and Tottenham I don't think is a bad team but honestly I don't know if Harry Kane's the best striker in the world and honestly Tottenham lives and dies by how Harry Kane plays and if Harry Kane is an off season Tottenham could even finish lower than sixth but if Harry Kane plays well I just don't know they've lost too many players they haven't made the signings they need to and I just don't think they because they haven't made the signings I think everyone else like with Liverpool is just 
a little bit better than them, has improved that little bit much more, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to replicate what they did the past few seasons against these improved top six teams. In fifth, I have Chelsea. Mainly, I have Chelsea just because of their squad depth. That's pretty much the only reason I have it. I think they have a good squad. I think they have a good manager, but I think it's just solely based on the fact that now they're going to be playing in all the competitions in Europe. They're going to be playing in the Premier League, and I just don't think that Chelsea, like last year, they were well-rested. I don't think you can throw out a Chelsea team with the same players every week and expect them to play well in every competition you put them in because I don't think they have the fitness to do that. They don't have the squad depth. Like, who's going to replace Hazard in that team? Like, you're not going to take Hazard out, and you're not going to look at someone like Batshuayi and be like, you know what, that guy's a quality replacement for Hazard. Like, definitely going to bag us 15, 20 goals this season, and you know what, he's going to carry us Champions League glory. Like, that's who your substitute is. That's who you're looking at. You're not going to get that. So, if any of them get injured, if any of them get tired, if any of them just don't play well, like, you don't have any backup plan. And I think that's the main reason why they're not going to do well or as well as they could. In fourth place, I have Arsenal, my team. Uh, honestly, this decision is purely based on the fact that they always come forth. They've added some good players, but I don't think they've had enough to win the title. And I think just putting them at fourth is just a safe bet because I don't think that's basically that's their home. That's where that's where we like to be, and I think that's just a good thing. Well, it's not a good thing because you want them to win, but I think that's honestly where they're going to finish this year. In third is another probably controversial one. I have Manchester City. Honestly, Manchester City, I'm not a huge fan of Pep Guardiola. I'm not a huge fan of the actual Manchester City team. I think they're a good team, but I don't know how their goaltending is going to be. It could still be shaky. Aguero's a great striker, but if Aguero's not playing well, what does that team really have? Like, sure, they have Jesus, who's unproven. They have David Silva and De Bruyne, but those two aren't really goal scorers. Like, unless Aguero's bagging them 25 goals this year or 30 goals this year, I don't see them finishing any higher than third because, honestly, without him, I don't think they're going to... I don't even know if they could have been be in the top four right now. Like, that's how crucial he is and his production is to that team. And I just think that's why they are going to finish third because I don't know if Aguero can keep up that production enough. And I don't think that they have a good enough, like they've made a lot of signings, sure, but I don't think they're better than the two teams I put ahead of them, if that makes any sense, but I do think that they're going to finish solidly in the top four, and everyone else is, that I've seen is touting them to come first, and they might, but that's just my opinion. So, in second place, you can probably guess who my final two are, in second place, I've put Everton. So now this one is definitely a controversial one. Everyone's putting Everton to come sixth or seventh, like... That's where, like, most people think they are. That's where they'll probably finish. But for me, I just look at Everton and I see Ronald Koeman, one of the best managers in the league. Jordan Pickford, one of the best goalies in the league. Their defense, Ashley Williams, Jagielka, Baines, Michael Keane, and Seamus Coleman. Honestly, for me, that is the great best defense in the Premier League. Michael Keane, Ashley Williams, and Jagielka, three amazing center backs if they can stay healthy. Seamus Coleman top three right back in the league maybe even the best right back in the league Leighton Baines maybe not the best left back but a definitely a solid option at left back then you look in their midfield Sigurdsson, Klassen, Rooney, Tom Davies, maybe Barkley like that's a great midfield central midfield options like Rooney, Sigurdsson, um, Davies, Klassen, Rooney, Sigurdsson, Davies just a Rooney, Sigurdsson, and Klassen, just to give an example, Klassen and Sigurdsson were the best players at their respective clubs last year, and Rooney is just a legend, and he's a quality player, and then I look up front, which is probably where their issues, but so far, this Calvert-Lewin guy who's been playing for them in the league so far has been absolutely amazing, like, out of his mind, good, so if he can keep that up, I don't know, and they've also added this Sandro Ramirez guy, who's like one of Spain's best up-and-coming young strikers for five million pounds, like, he could be a 15-goal guy in the Premier League if he wants to be, he could be like the next Lukaku if he wants to be for them, I'm not saying he's exactly Lukaku's ability, but like, he can, he can bag you the goals, like, I've watched a few clips of him at Malaga, like, he's gonna be able to bag you those goals and I think that's what they really need in this situation and 
honestly, I think their squad depth is just so good, that, and their coaching is so good. I think they're just going to be able to hold that defensive form. They're not going to be the flashiest team in the league, but you're going to look at them and you're going to see like it's just solid. Like they're going to beat the teams below them. They're not going to even like there's going to be no question about that. They're not going to be like Arsenal, where you look and you're like, well, Arsenal's a great team, but like they're probably going to lose to West Brom next week, so we can't really trust them. I think this team's going to beat the teams below them. They're going to solidly just defend the heck out of it. They're going to score maybe one, two goals a game. And they're going to come into those big clubs with confidence. And they're going to come into Manchester City, come into Manchester United, come into Arsenal. And have the knowledge that they can win this game. And then you're going to see them just scrap out results. Like maybe a tie, maybe a one nothing win, maybe a 2 nothing win. I don't know, but they're just going to scrap out results. And I think they're just, they're just they're set up right now as a team they have the ability and they have the setup to be the best one of the best teams in the league and that's why I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people they're just like my sleeper pick and then in first place obviously I have Manchester United they've won their first two games for nothing adding Matic I think was the key they just need a good central defensive midfielder and honestly I don't have much more to say about that they have goals they have playmakers they have defense they have goaltending they they have coaching they have substitutes, they have depth, they have young talent, they have veteran talent, they have leadership, like, everything you want in a team is pretty much ticked off with this Manchester United squad, so I don't see there's, like, I don't even see there being a challenge, like, this is the Manchester United of old, and I think 100% they're going to run away with the league, without a doubt, and if they get Zlatan back like they're supposed to, I don't think, I don't see there's no way they're losing this league like they're the best team in the league hands down and i don't just don't see see any other team being able to challenge them for the title and i it upsets me because i'm not a huge manchester united fan but i sometimes you just have to admit it when you're beat and i think all the other teams just have to admit that they're beat this year and i think that's that's pretty much the end of the story so that's my Premier League predictions, so I'll just read through them again if you didn't hear them, because, you know, I think I'm a pretty good stat predictor, you know, I think I'm a pretty good predictor of teams and numbers on pieces of paper, so 20th Swansea, 19th Huddersfield, 18th Burnley, 17th Brighton, 16th Bournemouth, 15th Newcastle, 14th West Brom, 13th Southampton, 12th Stoke City, 11th West Ham, 10th Watford, 9th Crystal Palace, 8th Leicester, 7th Liverpool, 6th Tottenham, 5th Chelsea, 4th Arsenal, 3rd Manchester City, 2nd Everton, and 1st Manchester United. So those are basically my Premier League predictions for this year. So, well, we've been going now for 52 minutes. It's pretty late at night. I'm kind of tired. This is the first episode. I have no idea what I'm doing. You probably have no idea what I'm doing. I'm literally just talking about how much I love Everton in this episode and how much I hate Johnny Evans. But, like, other than that, like, if you want, you know, it would be great. It would be great if you left us a comment, you subscribed to the podcast, you know, you came back next week and listened. I don't really have a plan for this yet. Well, like I do, but I, I'm pretty much planning on doing it weekly. Hopefully, early week is when I'll get the podcast out. So, like, Monday to Wednesday. If you want to go follow us on Twitter, then obviously go follow us on Twitter. I'll tweet about when the podcast is live. So, if anyone's even listening to this, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for showing support on the channel. Well, not the channel. What am I, a YouTuber? No. I've watched way too many YouTube videos, but thanks for showing us support on this podcast, you know, hope you enjoyed it, if you didn't enjoy, then, well, I don't know why you wouldn't enjoy, because I'm a great person, and, yeah, I'm a great person, that's pretty much all the reasons I have for you to enjoy, but, honestly, just give me my predictions next week, I'll probably end up talking about soccer again, because that's just what I talk about, but, I'm probably I'm also gonna try to go into some stuff like NBA stuff, NHL stuff, pretty much any stuff that has to do with sports I'll try to talk about. Maybe Mayweather and McGregor will get into a little bit, but you know, hope you enjoyed. Just hope you all had a great time. Thanks for coming out and peace.